Just a quick sound test. Um, tell me about yourself, Davey. My name is Edward Scissorhands. Uh, I, <laughs> oh, I saw your movie. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a 13 foot tall uh, uh, octopus. <laughs> I thought something like that. Um, you may recognize me from um, me destroying your house and slaughtering everyone you know and love. That did. Yeah, what was that like? Two years ago? Is that 18, I 18 months. Okay, 18 yeah. months. Because I don't feel like I've seen on. you since then. You know, I've been. Uh, I it, it left me with a lot of soul searching. To yeah. Do, well, I mean, right? I had to go all away that and murder and destroying everything. That was no, 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 no. That was great. That okay. was great. That was right. great. It was like, how can I do more? I how, how, like it was like the scale was okay. not where I wanted it to be. Yeah. You okay. know, and I just I thought to but myself. I mean, you like, felt like what we did together was like worthwhile as a. Uh, I was, got right? I got a lot. I got yeah. a lot. And I lost everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I'm not. That wasn't like. Uh, that wasn't the intention, but it's kind of a nice. Bonus, sure. You know, on top of my personal satisfaction. Yeah. yeah. Well, someday I'll, I'll recover. I, I'm not invested in it. <laughs> Davey is gazing at me. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Hello, uh, I'm Steve Gaynor, and you are listening to Tone Control, conversations with video game developers. And the video game developer in question today is Davey Reedon. Hi. <laughs> it's me. Creator of Stanley Parable and The Beginner's Guide. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, thank you for, for coming to chat with me. Um, I am still, as of this recording... Um, in Austin, Texas, for Fantastic Arcade, um, which I'm not actually seeing a whole lot of while yeah. I'm here. I'm mostly interviewing people yeah. and, and hanging out. And I had a breakfast taco this morning. Um, but uh, how's it going, Dave? Oh, it's great. It's good. great. Fantastic is is a uh, really good event. It's just super chill, and and I mean, it's a good it's a good time to just like hang out with people and not feel a lot of pressure to like do all of the things. So yeah. honestly, if you're hanging out with people you like, you're you're getting the experience yeah, anyway, for sure. Yeah. Um, you're not from Austin. You've been on, in Austin for how long now? Five years. Okay. Originally from Sacramento. Okay. Um, so, God, we met, we met at GDC. Yeah, before either, before either of our, our big games came before out. Before they were, before we were even working on them, really. I mean, I yeah. think you were starting to work on the standalone version of the Stanley Parable. That was right. I think you told me you were doing that. Yeah. So, I was in the IGF pavilion at mm-hmm. GDC, which is where all of the independent game stuff is, is being shown off, and I was looking around, and I don't even remember, I, did we, I don't know, like, like what I, here's what I remember, okay. I remember you, I remember, no, uh, like, knowing your name, and I forget how we started talking, but, that's the thing, but yeah, I was like, I, I don't, yeah, I, I, tags or like, you know what, I guarantee you that was it, <laughs> I, like, I 100% guarantee it was like, Look, uh, ha, uh, oh, what's your, you, like, you were talking to someone else and I joined the conversation okay, and you're yeah. like, oh, Steve Gaynor, cool, yeah. I know. And I remember specifically that we had a conversation about how you just left Irrational and you were telling me about, I was like, oh, tell me about Irrational. And like, that was what our conversation was about. Right. And it wasn't about like, 
what game are you making now, <laughs> right? Because right? there wasn't really a thing at that point. Well, and the thing that was funny was, what I remember was, we started talking, and you were like, oh, well, I made this mod called Stanley Parable. And I got to tell you that a bunch of people at Irrational had played it, and it was like a topic of conversation. Between Seth like, Rosen came uh, specifically from Irrational, came to me at that GDC to talk to me about it. Yeah, yeah I remember that. I just, I, rem- I mean, I think the first time that I heard about it, maybe, or aside from just like, you know, a headline on PC Gamer or something, was like Ken Levine and other senior people being like, oh yeah, I played that Stanley mm-hmm. Parable, it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Because mm-hmm. it's about... A lot of the stuff that Bioshock, in a way... I was actually, about, yeah, know. it came out not uh, a couple of years after Bioshock, but, like, I, I'm i trying... I, I guess Bioshock came out before I started writing it, so, like, I guarantee that it was an influence on the writing. But it had that... The, well, the original mod, especially, had a ton of those aspects of, like, yeah. player free will and determinism and you as the player of a right, game. So right, I think right. those guys were into it for a reason. Sure, <laughs> you know, sure, excited sure. About yeah. the, what, yeah. You know, because, like... So, I think something that indie games are good at, and that like AAA developers uh, feel, you know, like the desire to be able to do, is the fact that you know, if they made Bioshock and it was a shooter RPG story game and it involved those themes, mm-hmm. but also had all this other stuff, and then they play something that's like. The game is just those themes. It's mm-hmm. a thing that's just about the thing. Like, that's really um, exciting, I think. <laughs> to I think that was a lot of the indie idealism of for me of those times was like... Like, my the first... The reason that I started doing it was was from playing Half-Life 2 and, and going, oh, man, can you imagine what a game would be like that was just the cutscenes? Like, where, right. that, where they were, like, bigger in scale so you could walk around and see more, like, you know, see them from more, even more angles and walk, follow, you know, that was, like, just that, basically. Right. And, yeah. and that was, like, that was literally how I started was, oh, it would be cool if you could cut out all of the <laughs> gameplay, basically. <laughs> all that... Pesky yeah, game. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, right? Um, well, okay, so so you know, we kind of met almost by chance, really, before we were we were mm-hmm. digging in on the stuff that we've since uh, put out into the world. But um, how did how, how did you how did your I don't know your your relationship with games start? Did you play games? Ever since you were a little kid, and and they were kind of part of what you thought about. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm just one of those, another one of those dorks, yeah. you know, who just like <laughs> same. Uh, yeah, the uh, the the arcades and pizza parlors, you know, like that was really big for me. <laughs> um, when when my my friend got a uh, got Donkey Kong on Super Nintendo, and and that was that was what like that was where I just went like absolutely head over heels. You know, it was, it was, that was the moment that I was like, well, this is my thing now. This is just what I'm. So, so it all came down to Donkey Kong country. It, it kind of did. It, right. Like it, it really, like if I had like, that's the, I'm sure there was, I'm sure there was something before that, but like, that was the, that was where I, you know, uh, <laughs> I just feel like such a, such a dork. I, I actually, it's awesome though. I, I remember like, if, if, if you remember the, the game, but like when you saved, like Candy Kong would like blow kisses at you. And I just liked Candy Kong blowing kisses at me. And I would sit there and I would be like, can we, and like my friend and I would be playing and he'd, he'd want to play the game. Right. I'd be like, can we sit and just like let Candy Kong blow kisses at you? <laughs> And he was oh, like, good. no, no, we can't. So when I finally got my own Super Nintendo, I just sat and watched Candy Kong blow kisses at you for ages. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, if, you, uh, if you're if you listening to this and you were involved with Donkey Kong Country at all, just know. Just know, if you, if you did Candy Kong blowing kisses. <laughs> please 
Email us. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> Tweet at me at Fulbright and and Davy. God, you don't really use Twitter very much. Not very much. Yeah. yeah. Tweet at me. I have it, Davey. No. I have uh, it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, um, I feel like a lot of people that I talk to and that we know, um, they didn't get into games by knowing like. Maybe you played games all your entire childhood growing up, they're important to you, etc. But you didn't like, you weren't like, and I'm going to make them. I'm going to put all my, you know, focus from a young age into how do I do that. Did you think you were going to be involved with them or want to actually make them? Or was that even a thing that was in your head? Sort of. Sort of. I, when I was young, like, yeah, that's like kind of a, like video games were the only thing that I was really super excited about. And so I, I figured, I was like, and I looked at, I saw ads for DigiPen and EGM, you know, yeah. and I would be like, oh my God, mom and dad. And my parents were like, maybe a liberal arts school? Maybe like, <laughs> don't put all your eggs in one basket. Right. Which is, I think, smart as, as a parent to, yeah. to encourage your child to like, and actually what ended up happening, so I, I, I I kind of just assumed that I was going to make games and I would imagine ideas for games and I would imagine things I wanted and what I started to realize was that the thing that I really really cared about were the stories yeah. like I was writing stories and I was imagining like franchises full of like <laughs> how the story would change from game to game yeah. and at some point when I was in high school I went like hang on I really like the story aspect and not so much the gameplay aspect <laughs> and you know what's all story film yeah and so i made the very logical decision to go to film school and yeah. so i went to usc okay and uh and went to usc and 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 you know prestigious film school and realized that actually film is not just video games without the game <laughs> right uh it's actually a whole other thing that's yeah. very different and uh and there are, are many 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 people who love film and would do anything for film and i'm not one of those people yeah. so uh i and then about halfway through film school, I kind of had this... It was, well, you know what, hap what, what happened was, like, the, the very early um, tendrils of the in indie, you know, scene started to emerge. Where yeah. Dear Esther, you know, uh, the mod version, right, right. like, hit. And, like, that was huge for me. And Robert Yang was making mods back then, too. Right. And, like... Um, His Radiator. Radiator. Radiator was huge yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, both of those games were, like... And, and Tale of Tales was, was doing the early right. stuff, too. And um, and I just something clicked in my brain, and I was like, I don't want to make films. I want yeah. to make games. This is what I yeah. want to do. The and kind of stuff that these people. Yeah, are yeah, doing. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, and I just I realized suddenly, and uh, about halfway through film, I finished film school. You know, so like I I, I got my degree, but right. um, but that the back half of film school was, um, you know, like just finishing what I started basically right, and, and meanwhile sure. I, was, I was making mods uh, or mod rather in uh, <laughs> I was making mods uh, yeah <laughs> yeah in my uh, in my free time okay yeah. so you actually started working on the first the mod version of Stanley Parable while you were still in, yeah. in undergrad yeah okay yeah um, yeah I mean that's that's really interesting um, well I mean what Within film school, mm -hmm. like what was the stuff that you were? I don't. I mean, did you feel like you connected with film school in some ways, or like USC is is a big? It's an industry school, okay. right? Like it's not for auteurs. Right. Um, I'm not saying they don't produce auteurs, but like that's not their focus. Their focus is getting you a fucking job okay. in film school, I right? See, yeah. And so, like, I would. I had a. Uh, I was in critical studies, but I still had to take production classes, and so I. I like had a class where I would make films, and at one point, my teacher said to me, like, "Hey." 
I why don't you try making a normal film <laughs> with like a normal story that starts and ends? Because I was making this weird experimental stuff. Right. Um, and I'm glad for it. Like I actually it was a really good exercise to learn to do that, but like that was their attitude, right? Yeah. Um and it was it was hard to connect artistically to what was going on yeah. there. Like I I found like I film is a, such a weird world. I had a the, the professor of of uh film critical studies at USC, like the head guy, legitimately gave a a lecture about the death of cinema, like huh. the potential upcoming death of cinema, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, fucking like games are just every week something is coming <laughs> out. Like this was in, you know, like 2008 yeah. or so, right? Like fucking Braid is coming out, Limbo is coming out, World of Goo is coming out. Like right. it, we're just it, suddenly like everything is like just exploding, yeah. well, right? I mean, and even in bigger games like Portal, Portal, and, and Bioshock, Bioshock and, yeah, you know, like first Mass Effect, right? Just like, right. What, all these. New we're we're just suddenly, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and I just put those two of them side by side, and I'm like, who am I fucking kidding? <laughs> like, I don't want to be in this world where like everyone is fighting just to stay alive. Right. Like that was when 3D was the the big thing mm, in films, right? Yeah. And everyone was like, 3D is what's going to save film because it's making more money because there right. was no money in it right yeah, like yeah. like money was becoming so much harder to get yeah. and I, it was just like a really sort of uh, yeah kinda. well i mean i feel like i had a similar not for not for quite the same reasons but i had a similar set of feelings in college but more about just like you know the the medium itself in terms of you know i i was in an art program um, at a state school. I got a, a sculpture degree with an art history minor and I was making comics and I was really into film and, you know, taking film courses as well and stuff. And, but, you know, games were the thing that I like, thought about all the time and that I voluntarily was like, I'm putting all these hours of my life into like yeah. this game and that game and, and, and really getting inspired by them. And part of my thinking was, you know, like there's, always new things to do in the oldest medium right like you read a novel and it's not like we ran out of ones mm -hmm. you know but mm -hmm. also the flip side is comics and film and, and novels and all sorts of you know like very established forms have hundreds or thousands of years of of history and there was this feeling of like i love games and also almost everything you could do with a game hasn't been done. Yeah, exactly. And that's, like, incredibly exciting. Like, I was seeing a new game every week that that did something I had literally never seen before in games. And I was like, there's nothing like that that's going yeah. on right now. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, and it's... So it's kind of a... I mean, in a way, though, it's kind of amazing that you were like, so therefore I should make a mod... And then I'll be you, making you know, games, you, see, I guess? You, you, know, you know what the plan was? The original plan was to get hired at Valve. Cause, of course, Because yeah. that's back when Valve was, like, hiring small teams just right. on the basis of cool experimental stuff. And I had no other plan. Like, I literally, right. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, so I have no concept of anything. So yeah. I'm just going to try and get hired at Valve. Makes sense. And, and the idea sure. was to spend two years making a series of small uh, experimental narrative mods that, at the end of when I graduated, 
graduated, I could go to someone at Valve and be like, look, this is what I do. Hire me, yeah. and I'll do something for you. I don't know what. I mean, it makes sense, and, right? Uh, at the time, it was a vi- It was like there was precedent for yeah, it. You I know? mean, you're using their tools. You're yeah. saying, I'm a level designer and a creative person. I can make stuff for you guys. Sure. Yeah, and... Yeah. and, and uh, they were still making things yeah. like Portal and Left 4 Dead. And, you right, know, right, yeah. right. So yeah. that was like, that was the goal. And I, uh, the goal, uh, I intended to spend the last two years of college building a portfolio to show yeah. them. Yeah. Instead, I spent the last two years building one mod, and that was fairly <laughs> terrible. I didn't anticipate uh, the two-year process, the two-year right. thing. Uh, well, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty substantial mod. Also, for someone were... who had literally never made a mod before, right. like, I, so I wrote the whole thing in two months at okay. the very start of it. Like yeah. the whole, like I, I was in New York and I was just walking around New York with a notepad, just writing uh, <laughs> uh, ideas down. I just, I did the whole thing front to back and got all the narration. Like yeah. right, that was like one of the first things I did. And then it was just two years of trying to figure out how source works yeah. well enough to be able to execute all on all of it. That's so funny. I mean, that that's like that's such a, a perfectly like romanticized. Image, I know, and it'll never know? happen again. It will literally. It will like it's. I'm almost hesitant to bring it up because it's so uh, aberrational. Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like. Yeah. Uh, like it could not. Ne- it will never happen like that again in my life. Yeah. But also, it makes me feel happy in a way because i'm just sort of like when you're walking around and you just see some kid writing in their yeah. notebook at you know a cafe that you're in or whatever maybe they're just working on their homework but maybe one of them is like writing a thing and it's going to turn into an album that everybody loves yeah. or you know yeah. like somebody yeah. somebody who you just see walking down the street with a notebook is writing a novel that is gonna be in the new york yeah. times you know that's, yeah i don't know that's, yeah that's nice to to remember <laughs> all right i mean that was my that was my attitude at the time and and i i don't it's hard it's harder for me to connect to that as a as a creator as much yeah. these days i've you know i've gotten a little bit more jaded sure. i think and and i i'm you know i'm just getting older but yeah it's well, weird thinking well, back you to know that. what that leads to that's the thing when you're just writing in the notebook it's a big open yeah. like you know cloud in front of you yeah. of like if you take it from here to there, I don't know what that's going to entail. Then yeah. you do it a couple times and you're like, I'm writing this and I know exactly what it's going to take yeah. to get it from here to people playing it. And whew, you know, but you just can't have that when you're first know, starting out, I which know, is, which is interesting. You but know? you know what? It was weird. The ways in which I saw, I kind of predicted what would happen. Like yeah. there was a part of me that's like, I think, I think this might really capture people's attention. Like, and and it wasn't even like I specifically thought it was going to happen. It was just like there was that was the driving motivator that got me to do it. Right? right. It was like I think that I I wasn't doing it for my own love of it. Like I loved the idea. Yeah. I wanted it to exist, but I was doing it because I I I thought it could capture the imaginations. Yeah. And I don't know it. I, it did, and I don't know what to make of that. You <laughs> yeah, know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to how to feel about that. I mean, hopefully, on some level, it means that that I mean that that you could that you could feel that it had something at the time. Because sometimes I think you can you can get close to something and be like, I think that this is a thing, you know, and and sometimes you don't, or sometimes yeah. you know you're not sure. But um, I mean, it's. Considering that your goal was effectively like get people's attention so they can get hired at this company I want to work with, mm-hmm. then okay, it's probably probably <laughs> fair that you were like, 
does this seem like it'll get people's attention? Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Oh, I think so. Okay. Yeah. And let that drive you forward, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. as a as a 19-year-old, that's a pretty <laughs> effective motivator to, you know, get you to do something is wanting to be liked. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, I mean, hell, let's get super psychoanalytical. All right. I mean, that, All right. Do, do you feel like that's a big part of just you oh yeah in general well i i mean this is you know this is now like projecting down the line aways but like after after the uh stanley hd or the the you know commercial release came out um i it 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 chat it, it it forced me to confront that in a way that i'd never nothing in my life had ever asked me to confront that before yeah. like like Hey, the primary reason why you've been doing this is because you want to be liked. And yeah. um it was really difficult. It was really really hard to confront that. Yeah. Um but the fact that it 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 didn't, you know, kill me um <laughs> means that I'm I feel much stronger. And then after and then following that was like a lot of time spent trying to learn to make things in a way that I do find enjoyable for me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and the fact that I, you know, that I got through that and that I really put in the time and the effort to figure out how to do that means that I, I think I'm a way better creator now, you know, okay. or I, I'm much happier now. I, who knows? There's this big question mark in my mind of like, you know, maybe I'll never produce anything as successful as the one where I was like motivated almost entirely by a need to be loved by as many people as possible. <laughs> right. And that's sort of <laughs> terrifying a little bit existentially. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the track record yet to say that like, actually I also made things that were successful when I was really happy doing what right. I'm, what I'm doing, which is more of the phase that I'm in right yeah. now. Huh. Where do you think that comes from? <sighs> fucking it up over and over and over. Um, I think Oz the big one. Like, yeah. I just... I, I, I think it came from, like, you beat your head against the wall so many times that you realize you're not making any progress. And you have to, like... It just... It was it was a, a lesson learned the hard way. Like, yeah. I'm not... This is not working. And it's not... And I have been doing it for years. Yeah. And, and, like, even before, you know, Stanley Parable, like, I would make tons of shit and want... And people would like it. And I got responses. I got, you know, validation from it. And yeah. whenever something good, you know, came of it, I'd be like, cool. I'm... And, and I was... I, I knew that I had, like, an ability to make stuff. But, like, the idea of making a thing and then not, you know, showing it to someone and getting that, like you know, hive, like I wanted, I wanted yeah. that, that was a really, you know, big deal. And, um, and, but it was, it was never enough. Yeah, right. And so right. The, the point, the point where like, cause essentially what happened was like, you know, uh, Stanley parable was, was the equivalent of drinking from a fire hose, right. uh, in that sense. <laughs> yeah. And the fire hose did not make me any less thirsty. Right. And when, when that happens, you like, I mean, you can do one of two things. You can stay in denial about it and keep doing what you were doing, or you can be like, I should look for something else to quench my thirst. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that, I, I don't know that I ever, I think if, if that hadn't have happened, I probably would have learned that lesson in sort of a more slow, like, parsed out kind of way of, yeah. over, you know, maybe many years of my life. But the fact that it happened the way that it did meant that I I got that lesson like highly, highly <laughs> compressed into this like very, very dense little you know yeah. space. So you feel like do, do you you feel like it made you consciously aware of sort of saying like 
if I'm going to be doing this, I need to be doing it for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. But like, it, it, I, it, I assume it, it makes you, or I would, I, my guess would be that it makes you more process focused. It makes you more yes. focused on like, I need to make sure that doing the work is making. Yes, me happy. exactly. That's 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 exactly what happened. Like, if I, I don't know, I, I. I say this from time to time. I don't know if it's totally true, but I feel like if I kept doing what I was doing, I would be dead when I was 35, right? Because, like, <laughs> it's just, you, I, it was not it was not he- healthy for me. It was not sustainable. Right, um, right. Yeah. Well, I mean... I'm actually going to change up and put my sweater back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can leave it you, recording. You can edit this out if you nope. want to. All this right. Is good to hear. Here, here's the sound of Davey putting a sweater on. All right. Now he's got it on. It's beautiful. Dear Kotaku. <laughs> You'll never believe what this game developer putting a sweater on sounds like. One weird trick for making your video games successful. <laughs> Put on, Put a, on sweater. a sweater. <laughs> Record it every morning. Yeah. Listen back. See how you can do better next time. You know what? It's iteration. It's what they always exactly. say. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you were in school. You spent a couple years making the, the mod... Um, you released it. Uh, presumably, you you released it around when you were finishing school. It timed really well. Okay. I, in fact, finishing school was a big motivator. Yeah. To finish to to because I was like my actually I was gonna um work at a video game bar. Really? And yeah, that was I I did that for a little bit, and so finishing the mod was like I just need to get this off my chest because I I'd been sitting on it for years, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna take this summer after I graduate and just buckle down and finish it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. But then you spent another few couple of few couple of years on two the, years on yeah. the full yeah. game. Yeah. So how'd that work? Well, um, the mod was slightly more popular than I was anticipating. Yeah. Uh, by that point, my all of my um, uh, idealistic notions had had uh, sort of collapsed under the weight of. Um, the hammer level editor, uh-huh. uh, yeah. which is a oh, that's a beast. <laughs> Oof! Anyone who's worked uh, with hammer knows well, it's, a, that's, it's an old horsey. At it's this it's point. yeah. It it's, even was then. It was then. Um, yeah, it was back then too. Um, and uh, so. Oh, just like that? you know, you you finish the mod, you finish. School. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay, okay, okay. Right. So, so, thing, so it was kind of popular. Yeah. Uh, and basically, and it was like as soon as I had this thing now that was like, oh, people are <laughs> people are validating me again. <laughs> so yes, this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really have much of a plan, but yeah. I I kind of just kept on going with what I was doing before, and 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 uh, I think a lot of people have this experience where they think a thing is going to be very small, and then it just sort of balloons and gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, sure. Um, so I said, okay, there was you know I would go on like I would read on um face punch forum you know posts that people were like hey remake this with better graphics <laughs> and i said and then people reached out to me and said let me help you remake it and i said yeah. okay and i put out like a call like does anyone want to help with this and william uh was one of the people who responded to that How uh pronounce his last name pew pew okay yeah uh and he was a uh a, a guy from north england who i mean it's really it's actually really funny uh we what happened was he saw Notch tweet about it, mm-hmm. played the mod, emailed me saying, "Hey, I'm a level editor, and I really think I would really love to help you make this." I sent him because I and I was still talking to a few people at that point, and I sent him an email back that was like, "Okay, cool, you know, I'd love to maybe see like an example of what you can do or something." Yeah, and yeah. he sent this test level over that was. 
I mean, in a lot of ways, it was just what Stanley is today, basically. Okay. Um, and, like a, just a little slice of it. Yeah. And and I was like, this is great, but I was still like talking to some people, and I and I wanted to tell him like I'm in, I'm interested in this, but like give me a minute. And so I said. So I said, hey, okay, um, thanks for sending this over. Uh, I'd really love to work with you. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure you would do a great job. Give me, you know, let me get back to you, you know, in like a, a week or two or something. Yeah. And he interpreted that as you've got the job, right? <laughs> uh, because I'm not great at just clarif- at saying exactly what I mean. Sure. So, and I didn't really have the like balls to clarify <laughs> so that's how he worked that's how he got the job on stanley parable he was like well i'm working for you now and you're like oh, oh, oh i guess uh, you are. yeah that's exactly what happened uh and it was you know the best possible thing that could have happened because william is an is incredible level designer and he i'd like he he would um my my especially at the time my standard for like visual quality was so low i'm like who cares i just make it whatever just yeah. put anything in there and william would would stop me and go like no 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 i'm going to make this look good yeah so it's you know thank god for for him coming along it was mostly it was just you two guys and then you hired the narrator's voice and was there even anyone else yeah there 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 were there were so we had we had a programmer uh programming you know was light on stanley but still there were like a handful of of uh things that we needed and there was a guy who a guy named colin eddings who who um was another one of the people who reached out to me and his, and another level designer and I basically I said like would you how about you like prototype stuff like okay. try building out just sections of the game so that we can just test the pacing and flow of it and he, pretty much um, uh, up until the end he was he was there like you know he he was uh, doing sort of like workhorse type stuff just like putting putting things together just in like sort of bare bones form so that we could play with timing and everything but like he was he was real helpful in mm. in um, in doing that. And uh, Grand, uh, well, his screen name is Grand PC. Was our um, uh, uh, programmer a guy named Andreas who did modeled most of the most of the the models and assets mm. are from Valve games right, from right. Counter Strike, Portal, and uh, uh, Half Life, um, or no, from Left 4 Dead. And uh, and but Andreas made a few models for us. We had um, a, a guy who built the Minecraft section named Jack. Mm. Um, and uh, the musicians and the audio people, Robin Arnott, my right. and, and, and Eduardo Ortiz uh, here in Austin did the did the sound design, and then okay, yeah. um, uh, a couple of musicians made the uh, music, including Blake Robinson, who's an amazing um, orchestral oh, okay. uh, guy. Who's yeah, anyway, he's, okay. he's so there was actually anyway, a lot of people involved. Well, yeah, well, and and, and, the and way, not like full time. No, no, no. Cases, so but, like, so contributing. the way that it worked was kind of like William and I were like the full time. Like we are fuck. This is our like. Like we're working on this constantly, right? Like yeah. we are. It was the two of us collaborating on every story decision, every like design decision, every like. And then you know there was like Colin helping below that with you know prototyping stuff and Grand PC below that with a bit of programming support again light and then a yeah. few models from Andreas here and there. And then Kevin would you know every now and then send us some new dialogue. So it was kind of like this descending sort yeah. of where where there was not really a team. Yeah. It was just kind of like. 
people stepping in wherever was needed and like yeah. helping us out with one thing yeah, or another. It was, it was a bunch of people supporting you yeah. guys that were making the project. Right, right, uh, right, right, right. So it was certainly not like a two-person, you know, squad doing right. doing the whole thing. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that we were building on top of Source and using assets from, you know, Valve games. Right. No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that was something that I think was really interesting and cool about the game was how much was still in a lot of ways like a mod it was you didn't mm-hmm. have to have half-life mm-hmm. 2 install and install a mod yeah. for it but you were using a modder's mindset to say like what are assets that we just already have how can yeah. we reuse this thing that's in you know xyz shipped game but scale it or combine it or just place it in a different way and use it to represent things and basically only add what you need to yeah to the, and i think that is very much a modder's mindset if you can be like we're gonna make a new mod and there's gonna be one new weapon in it mm-hmm. you know we're gonna make that weapon and everything else is like clever reuse but you know obviously you applied it to a full standalone project yeah and and that was very intentional and we realized that was what was a great thing about the project it's actually the same exact mentality on beginner's guide you yeah. know like Wow! Like wow! With this structure, we don't have to do all of this work. Like right. it's like I can I can l- l- forego like a massive amount of the really difficult stuff that people have to go through because it it just fits you yeah. know fits yeah. the design. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask? Oh yeah, I mean the the other thing about um, that side of it is I've heard you know like people people I know or, or I've seen designers that I know say to me like. Gone Home is just, like, level design the game. Like, the game is the right. level. Right. Level design is the design, etc. Which is, like, in in a lot of ways, um, pretty accurate as, like, the underpinning discipline that drives the, the player experience. Um, but I feel like, in a lot of ways, uh, Stanley Parable and then The Beginner's Guide as well are, like, even more so level design the game, but from the inside. You know, like, Gone Home, I think that the level design is used to represent a space that you're supposed to just think of as a space. But I think there's so much about both of your games that really talk about level. I mean, and beginner's guide in a very explicit way, but even in Stanley, it's like so much of the stuff in the Stanley parable is really like, here's something that's talking about the process of level design and video game levels as a concept and a thing you engage with and how they're constructed and it's interesting because it it feels like it even speaks to like you know people's early projects where they're like mm-hmm. I'm just going to try out all this all these level design tricks, mm-hmm. but then actually developing that into a game that's actually in dialogue with the player, not just right. here's my you know first test level where I set up all the stuff. It's like, but what can I do with all these things? How's that interesting and funny and, and surprising to actually put in front of the player and not just have be a thing that yeah. you know you do for practice or whatever. Well that was why it was so helpful to have it all written out ahead of time before I actually started building. It was so that I couldn't get too far off track yeah. with just like random ideas leading to <laughs> random places. It was yeah. like, no, I, I I basically know what I'm doing. Like I, I mean I think that's the balance that you have to strike. Right. Yeah. Like you do that experimentation, but if that's all you're doing, you never ship anything. Right. So finding the balance was the was the kind of like hidden, you know, thing in there mm-hmm. of um, actually shipping right. <laughs> a game. <laughs> right. Right. Well, um, I mean, how much of the ideas in the notebook that the that the game came from do you feel like were inspired by, you know, your knowledge of level design? I feel like so many of the like pieces of Stanley Parable, at least from my 
external analysis mm-hmm. of it would be like, oh, here's this thing that you can do with the level editor. Mm-hmm. I should make a part about that. Or that gives me an idea for something that I could put in the game or whatever. Not even that much, actually. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not a very. Um, I'm not a very technical thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I have. I, I lose patience for a lot of low level stuff pretty fast. Yeah. Um, I understood the editor, but like, especially back then, and I guess to some extent today, I, I have this like purist thing in me that's like. Get rid of all of it, none of it. Let's let's have none of it at all. Um, I think that's partly because I want to be lazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I also think that there's that the part of me that feels like that's what's more interesting. Mm-hmm. And part of what was great about working with William was that William suddenly began to open up opportunities to actually do more stuff. I, there are things in uh, the original mod that just don't work because I couldn't figure out how to get them to work. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to slay myself over it. Like, right. it. it Hopefully I can get it to work and the way that I wanted it to. And if it doesn't, then, you know, whatever. And then William came on board and he was like, no, 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 no. We're actually going to do it and we're going to make it look good. And we're going to, and he was like, honestly, he was more, he was probably more of, of what you're talking about and brought more of that mindset. Okay. Um, uh, or at least that was, that was, he was always pushing to try to actually like make it more um, fully like you use more of the engine yeah. to be able to do the kinds of things that we were talking about. Um, uh, that notebook though, like that notebook was like, it was very high level. Yeah. Right. It was like, um, uh, like I, I, you know, you're going to have to like, this thing is going to contradict this thing in this particular way. Mm. And that's going to be interesting. Cause if you play this other thing, it'll tell you, you'll learn a new thing about the world that if you were to then play it in this order, you'd, you'd come to this conclusion about what it's doing and okay, yeah. so on and so forth. And, and, uh, every, every, all the low level stuff was like, <clears throat> literally what is as much as I need to do to get to that high level place and literally nothing more. I okay. have no interest in anything <laughs> that is not getting me up to that place. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So, I mean, can you, can you even like, uh, trace back where the initial concept for the game came from? Like, was there a moment where you knew what it was going to be or like where, what it was it's an interesting foundational idea and then obviously you expanded on a lot for the for the full yeah but um what what it was was uh i was tinkering around in the source editor trying to figure out what i wanted to make with it i was like i want to make something i don't know what um and it's like what does source do well it does two things it it does two things and it does exactly two things and it does them both very well one is guns and the other is boxy corridors right, right. uh and i didn't want guns so it was like well boxy corridors it is <laughs> um and then i thought well how do i make that interesting and uh there and i i loved narrators i just loved narration i loved interesting use of unreliable narrators bastion had come out not too long before that right. um and then of course dear esther before that and uh, I just and Bioshock as well again unreliable narrator and right. I and there so these things were like that would be very easy for me to do because all I have to do is find a voice actor who can do that and then right. I just you know stream audio inside the levels yeah. so it's so technically I knew that it wouldn't be hard to do and um, and then as soon as I knew those were the pieces mm-hmm. that I was working with and I was yeah. like what am I gonna do and I I don't I, it's one of these things where it's like. I literally couldn't tell you except to say that I just, uh, there's a room 
and two doors, and the narrator says Stanley walked through the door on the left. And I, I, I can't tell you where it came from. It just that was just there. Yeah. And then, but what the interesting part about it was was that I, I was like, okay, I have this scenario, and I, I thought about it, and I tried to make sense out of it because narrator is speaking in the past tense, and you haven't done it yet. And I, and there was no way to make sense of it. It, it literally didn't work. It was sort of fundamentally narratively broken. Yeah. And so then I, for whatever reason, I stuck to that premise, and I. And I realized that if it's broken, if it doesn't work, then I have to make a narrative that itself does not work, that is fundamentally <laughs> broken, uh, in order for the game to be consistent. Yeah. So it was it was a kind of a short leap to like, like the game is going to split in various paths, and uh, and I want the story to contradict itself. I want I want the story to acknowledge that it is broken, and I want to embrace uh, to embrace its brokenness, and I want to go as far as possible as I as I can with what the tools that I'm working with to embrace that and direct your attention to the fact that it's doing that and yeah. to create the uh, meta level experience out of that, and right. and that literally started with like these are the tools that I have. How do I make a story that is interesting yeah. here? My like the goal the goal was. I want a game where you do nothing but listen to a narrator talk and I want it to be fucking fascinating, right? <laughs> or like whatever. I just want it to be interesting to right. play. Yeah. And I was like, how do I do that? The narrator has to fuck with people, yeah. right? The narrator has to try to throw you off guard and get you to think things about the world that are not real and and change personalities from moment to moment and but like feel consistent as well so it 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 all started with that constraint yeah yeah the stanley parable and um and and beginner's guide i think they're both very distinctly you know like like you when you said you were talking about the meta-narrative they are very um, you know, meta textual like meta. I think is a is is a concept that is incredibly central to to both of them. Mm-hmm. They're you know narratives that are about the work and about how the work is false or not or yeah. you know and yeah. and is very self aware in in that way. And that's I think a very specific kind of way to approach a work. You know, you see film and television that can be. And and you know postmodern uh, novels and stuff, they can be varying levels of just like winky to actually very thoughtful about. Mm-hmm, how, but mm-hmm. like, what is it that draws you to meta narrative stuff as your focus? And what are some of your inspirations for that stuff? I mean, look, I'm I'm not gonna lie, it's gimmicky, right? <laughs> like it can or it can be gimmicky, yeah. and I'm not I'm not gonna get up here and say that I've you know, done it in always the most thought-provoking and, and nuanced way. Uh, there's a lot of shit in Stanley Parable that's there because I just wanted to, to fuck with people, yeah. you know? Um, and and well, I... Sometimes just making a good joke is... Yeah, is yeah, fine. yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, and I, I, I guess I don't want to... Um, you know, pretend that I think that every that it was all part of this like elaborate, you know, uh, incredibly artistically nuanced thing. Like sometimes right. we just wanted to fuck with you, right? Yeah. Um, and so that was a part of it. And honestly, I, I think um, I just when I was younger, that was what the stuff that I loved. I loved being fucked with. I loved twist endings. <laughs> like what? Uh, uh, like Ocean's Eleven. Okay. That went out. You know, like oh my god, that's what was really going on. Right. Um, the Godfather was not re- like a. Twist, but it was like the like the final like 
scene of that film like completely reframes how you've thought about everything that's that's like building up to it. Sure. Um, book. Uh, 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 suddenly I'm, you know, blind. but I mean like Bioshock, you yeah. know, and yeah. uh, Metal Gear Solid is is a story told entirely in twists, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. There is literally no uh, <laughs> point at which the story is not a twist. <laughs> right. Um, and I just wanted to contribute to yeah. that. I loved that. I liked, okay. you know, or uh, Chris Nolan, you know, was doing a lot more of that kind of stuff back right. then it as well. Like Memento, with, Memento right. especially was like, oh my God, now that you know this, go back and replay it and you'll rethink how all of you right. saw all these other things. Well, it feels like there's like Charlie Kaufman. Charlie, there, I mean, I, yes. Know. So Charlie, but I mean, you know, to Charlie Kaufman's credit, his thing was never like, it's a big twist. Right. Right. But, it, but it very much is something like, um, um, the movie about the orchid thief um, adaptation. Adaptation is like a movie about a movie of yeah, yeah, right, 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 book and right, like right, right. All, you know, and, and then yeah. Back back then, I think I was I was just I just found that kind of intrinsically fascinating for no particular reason. I just liked it. I just thought like, whoa, isn't that cool? And yeah. going into Stanley, the goal was really like. Um, uh, I just want to make... Like, it was literally, I'm going to make a game that is entirely that. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm going to make a game where you play it a bunch of times, and every time it's another one of those. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Um, and, it, which, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's something that's pure and, like, I think, noble about just being very aware of just, like, I want to make one of those. Yeah. And then you just do it. It was. I don't that's know. what it was. <laughs> I was literally just fulfilling my child. Like, that was my whole life. My whole life was, like, twist endings and stupid jokes, right? <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to make... And, and, and philosophy about who, who are we and where did we... And what is our purpose and do we ever have any... And, it was like, it was those three things. And I was like, I'm just going to make a game that's purely that. <laughs> uh, like, following that, I don't know what else I could have done that would draw on, like, my childhood, you know, experiences or right. my formative years because I put all of it into the game, right? right? It was like, I'm going to dig, especially, you know, certainly for the mod, but then especially when it came to the the, the commercial release, yeah. it was like, I have mined every single thing that I can possibly <laughs> conceive that could go into this thing. Like, there was nothing left at that point. Yeah. I, like, when we shipped it, I couldn't, we, we could not have come up with anything else, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's hard, right? Like, I think that there's a lot of that in in early in anyone's early work, where you're like, I've had whatever twenty plus years of building material, yeah, and now I'm just gonna like be like, it all goes in, and that's like the hit first album kind right. of thing, right? And then the after and, that, and, and then you're like, yeah. what's it mean? After it, that, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, I certainly feel that way about you know, Gone Home, where I'm like, it has a lot. Of like stuff I wanted to do with games and stuff that comes from my own life that goes into it, and then after you've done that, you can't just do it again, mm -hmm. and you can't just wait another twenty years. I mean, yeah. I guess unless you're lucky, uh, maybe yeah. you can well, take a twenty year vacation. I mean, and see what people you come do that. With. Like David Lynch, that like I don't know if that's if that's what happened to him, but you, you that's like a person who sort of like yeah. you know took a like had a lot of time and became has come and gone in waves over the years. Well, right, it's like classically like. Terrence Malick, you know, yeah, like yeah, right, every ten right, years, right, or, right, you know, right. But, but still, I think that there's a very different place to be after you're like, oh, I just did the thing that was all my stuff, 
So, like, well, what, what, what else does that mean that, you know, I do with the things I know how to do and I'm interested in, because it can't just come from the exact same place? Um, Beginner's Guide originally, in the, in the sort of initial conception of it, was much more like that. It was mm-hmm. much more of, like, I just want to fuck with you. I just want to, like, um, you know, I, I, I just want it to, like, mess with people's heads. And then, like, Stanley came out, and maybe I'm jumping ahead of the, of the timeline here, but, but uh, you know, Stanley came out, and it's like, I can't do that any like I I know it's no longer good enough and I had to like if Stanley had not come out or whatever or if it had come out and maybe had no fanfare at all um, Beginner's Guide would have been another one of those you know been trying to achieve that it would have been using the form but to achieve right that similar thing and maybe it would have been successful in that way for you know maybe if if i'd done beginner's guide instead of stanley parable and done it in that way maybe it would have been successful in the way stanley is i i I don't really know right no i mean it's yeah it's totally impossible yeah because i mean they the they only exist on a continuum. Right. 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 <laughs> B only exists because of A. So But like yeah. but like when I was twenty I was imagining all of them. Right. Yeah. Like I had all of them in my head and I was like, I'm gonna this is my big thing, this is my deal. Yeah. Right. And uh So you started thinking about and like laying the groundwork for the beginner's guide like while you were working on Stanley or even before? Actually, so what happened was the mod came out and it was, you know, like, successful and and so it's like, okay, what do you want to do next? And I had one game idea that I felt confident about at the time. Shortly thereafter, I lost confidence in it and, you know, and the primary reason why I did was because this other idea came up and it was like, holy shit, this is the, this is the big one. This yeah. is the one. And uh, it, it came from um, the book, the novel version of the of uh, Princess Bride, which really? I don't know if you've read it. I haven't. So uh, I've watched the Princess so Bride. Obvi- and I knew that obviously, there was a novel. So obviously, you know, the framing device in the Princess Bride is the grandfather and the child. Reading so the book, in yeah. the book, uh, in the book, what happens is the book is is written is written by um, Morgan Goldenstern, abridged by William Goldman, who's the actual author, right? And William Goldman uh, frames the book as an abridgment of the longer version that his father read to him when he was a child, Okay, right? And so so it just tells the story, and then from time to time... Um, William Goldman steps in to go like I'm gonna just like skip over like this is there were there was 40 pages of descriptions of hats in here <laughs> I'm just gonna like breeze over that for you and then like at this point my father would make a funny voice about so and so right yeah and imply that his father was like changing things for you know for his benefit as a yeah. child um and uh uh, oh, so the idea is so having not read it, the idea that the author would for for instance, there was maybe points where he was like, when my father told this part of the book, what, this character didn't die. Yes, but that's, then in the book, that is that is okay. actually what okay. one of the one of the the things that literally right. happens. Okay. And a spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> but um, uh, I read that and it blew my fucking mind. Yeah. I actually bought it. I thought that it was real, and they <laughs> they have the book because it never it never tips its hand yeah. uh, overtly. And the the book jet what got me was that the jacket cover has quotes. From critics, I'm doing air quotes here, saying like, finally, an abridgment that stays true to the original while remaining updated for, for, you know, contemporary readers, right? right? (laughs) Like they literally had a couple of those. So like the entire dust jacket and everything was all in fiction. Yes, it was all in fiction. And I I went to a friend and I was like, I was like, I was was like, uh, the friend who had recommended it to me and I said, I loved it. It was great. and, And wow, like... Uh, Goldman's commentary is so interesting to read, and she's like, "Dude, it was fake." 
<laughs> and like literally that was the moment it clicked and I was like this this is my next this is what I want to do yeah. this is oh my god I'm nothing like this has been done in games before I need yeah. I need to do this and that was it and that was that was so that was like um, right as we began working on the um, the HD version of Stanley Parable, and yeah. I began working on it in the background. Huh. Yeah, wow! Right. I didn't I didn't realize that it had, had that like parallel kind of pre production life yeah. during, during yeah. Stanley's development. Yeah, yeah, it was it was, and I was working with with one other guy named Jack Parsons, who who um, was another level designer who I was just like, can you just help me build some stuff? And we we spent a, a bunch of time during Stanley's development, just like making stuff together. And he helped out like this was you know pretty early on, just some of the first couple of levels. Yeah, but just like kind of like you know, build helping um, uh, get get ideas out there. And by the time Stanley came out, we had you know, I don't know, we had a certain amount of it that was like basically playable, and that yeah. you could get the get, got the basic idea across. Wow, okay, yeah, because yeah. I, I guess I had always just assumed that basically you made Stanley, and then you took a little time off, and then you started working yeah. on Beginner's Guide, maybe from an idea that existed. Or well, if you want, if you want to talk about bad. Uh, production practices. Uh, having one game in the chamber as you're launching another game is not a good, not a healthy. Uh, not, not recommended. Not recommended. Okay. Not because rec- I didn't take Fair a break. Enough. I didn't right. take a break. I, I okay. literally, from the day that Stanley launched, I was thinking about work I needed to do on Beginner's Guide. Wow. Right. Yeah. Uh, back then it was called the author, but right. I yeah. Uh, and uh, um, so it was. It meant it was really bad for me emotionally. Sure. Uh, and I had a I had a whole like production stalled for a while as I grap you know uh grappled with depression uh and you know s- sort of collapsed yeah. emotionally for a bit so shipping uh Stanley wasn't was it, easy for you was a, put it at less than a breezy uh a light breezy walk in the park so i mean okay so i'm going to be i'm going to be the shitty guy that's right. like i'm i feel very very grateful for the fact that I I shipped an expansion pack yeah. that you know yeah. was like very low key, and then I shipped, you know, I was on the team that shipped Bioshock Two, and yeah. it was like a sequel, but not like you know the biggest thing in the world. And then some DLC, which was like cool and everything, but nobody's gonna. I mean, people yeah. liked it, but and then worked on you know Infinite and was kind of near that project, but and then you I got Gone Home, yeah, and and so when Gone Home came out, I get to kind of be like. I was glad people liked it. I don't know. It was cool. Like, I didn't have, like, the real crash, but I feel like if your first thing, like, your real first thing, and, like, not the free mod you put out that people are saying it's cool, but, like, the level of a a splash that Stanley made is, like, your introduction to releasing something into the world. That's a very, very, very different experience. And also the first thing you're making money off of in that world as well. There were a lot of things about it that fucked with me. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, because, so, just, just... I'm putting out, I'm putting my whole, like, I'm not just asking you this academically, but, like, from a legitimate standpoint yeah. for you, like, what was, because I know that, okay, so I know that the game was very well-received, popular, tons of people played it, um, and you were at award shows and, and everything else, mm-hmm. so, like, what was the stuff about it that you found really hard? Um, all of, like, the, that, that part it, of is it. it. Was I, it, like, I, the amount of attention, Yeah, basically? it was... But you wanted attention, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and everyone right? knows what's good for them all the time, right? <laughs> right? You know how everyone is always ever seeking the thing that is the healthiest thing for them? Yep. It's great, right? It's great how the brain does that and always uh, tunes you to the correct wavelength. Ah, it's so impressive. Yeah, it's amazing. We're just so well evolved. Uh, it's, it's really a miracle of fucking nature. 
Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, right. Obviously, it's not you know, uh, it's not it's not a, a hard to figure out what right. was going on, which yeah. is that I wanted to be seen and known. I wanted attention. That was like. That was the, just the air that I breathed, right? Like, and I literally could not get enough of it prior to that. And um, when it started to come down, I I inhaled it. Like, I I, I mean, with a with a, a vicious vicious inhale, all of it, everything, everything that anyone said, every email that anyone sent me asking my opinion about things, or asking me to do an interview, or asking me to change things about the game, mm. you know, because they didn't like them, or like every single thing on the face of the earth. Okay. I just, I drank it and drank it because that was what you do. That's what, that's what you do. That's how you, that, right? That was what I thought. Sure, was yeah. You have to, you have to. Have to engage. You have to engage. Yeah. You always do. And I traveled a lot during right. that. I had about, Ooh, four months, three months, three to four months where I was in a different city every four days, you know, yeah. like, and this was while I was grappling or, you know, get like, not, I'm not in the best emotional state right. and I'm by myself functionally it, never staying still for this whole period of time. I had nothing under And your me. game just came out and there's probably some amount of like post-release support and, you have to pay some attention to and all that kind of yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, like, I, mean, I was, there's a lot going on. I was fortunate to have other people people to help shoulder a lot of that burden my my post-release attention was primarily like public facing right right like let i'm gonna be the guy who goes out to all these things and does interviews and and i'm like that's my role right like that's what you have that's that's what i'm here for so therefore that's the thing i'm gonna do and as a result i didn't say no to anything i traveled to every event that i was you know flown out to places of course i'm gonna say yes to that right like why wouldn't i um, and this, is, of course, is, it's it's no um, uh, judgment on any of the people who asked me to do these things, right? right? I just had no sense of boundaries at yeah. the time. Yeah. And I mean, like, realizing you can log off, realizing you can not engage all the time, right. realizing that you can say no if something seems like too much, it's actually learned skills. Right. <laughs> it's not the, I mean, for I think a lot of people, it's not the natural state to just be like, I don't really have the energy for that or, you know, I need to not look at this today. I'll look at it tomorrow or whatever. I've now learned it much more than I had ever, than than I had any, you know, ability to. Well, I still have trouble. I do. Yeah. You know, I still have like, I still default to like, well, I could do that. So I should, as opposed to do I, do I actually want to do that? Will I be able to, to, to do that well? As opposed to just like, I don't have a good reason to say no, so yeah, I'll do another interview yeah. or another, you know, this, that, or the other. Yeah. yeah, sure, I'll go talk at the thing, you know? And especially when you have something that's gained a lot of attention all at once, you're going to have, you know, 20 people who are all like, come to my thing or, or do right. this or do that. Right. And I think that another part of it that's hard, I think I definitely encountered this because shipping Gone Home was very different from shipping anything or working on anything else that I had worked on, was I think there's this feeling of sort of like that it all feels temporary and you're sort of like, well, if I say no now, Mm -hmm. then maybe I'll just never get a chance to Mm -hmm. say yes to that later. You know, I'll miss all these opportunities. And if you fucking grind yourself down by saying yes to all that stuff, then Then maybe you won't (laughs) because you're dead. (laughs) Yeah. So no, I mean, it's not easy. The, the part that got me was how after like I compared, you know, compared it to drinking from a fire hose and what will really fuck you up about that is if it's not make, if it's not making you any less thirsty, because that was, that was what scared me. Right. Like 
I think I always had this notion that like someday I will get the recognition that you know is due me and and when that day comes I'll feel good and yeah. I'll feel happy and yeah. things will be great and the more and there was never a moment that I knew it had gone over the line I was just like well I'm not happy so I need more yeah. right and then I would do more and I'd be like well I'm still not happy so according to you know Davy logic right <laughs> I, I what that means is that I need, need more, more. <laughs> and the and every time I did that there was like this you know gnawing thing in the back of my head that's like hey maybe this like why this is really weird isn't it like something something is really bad now but i didn't know that voice at the time yeah. so i just felt uh uncomfortable constantly right and i've now ident i now know what that that voice was self preservation right oh i thought it was mickey mouse <laughs> <laughs> Just sound a little like there's a there's a whole thread we go down where we insert Mickey Mouse into all of the scenarios we've discussed, and I just want to nip it in the bud right now. I just want to like cut cut that one off before we spend twenty minutes on Mickey Mouse historical revision. Well, golly, Dave! All right, all right, all right. It's your podcast, I guess. (laughs) But but you realize that that was the thing you didn't want to or didn't know how to acknowledge which yeah. was your own self being like maybe you shouldn't Should, yeah this really hurts <laughs> this is really 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 unpleasant so maybe don't I and mean I honestly feel like that's something that it's impossible to tell anyone including yourself before you know you encounter the actual experience and like anybody who's ever had trouble with success mm-hmm. it's not something that is easy to sympathize with because, yeah, like, right. you know, first you have to have the opportunity to actually like have to deal with doing well enough that it's hard to deal with. But like, once you get to that point, you know, I think that you can't. I think it's hard to convince anyone that n- there aren't things that will fix you. Yeah, a thing. Yeah. won't change how you feel. Yeah. Like, maybe for a minute or whatever. But, like, if people do think that they want the expensive house or they do think that they want to be up on stage accepting the award or they do think they want everybody to say their game was good or that they're the best, you know, like, long-distance runner in the world. or yeah. You know, like, you're going to get the medal or get the people saying the thing you always want them to say. And then it's just something that happened before. Right. Well, everyone, everyone, you know? everyone knows that, right? Like everyone, every, right? That's what I'm saying. Like everyone, <laughs> everyone understand. We all, we all say, like, of course, you know, the award, you know, will never beat like real satisfaction. But then, and I, I don't know. I've, I've now been in a position to, over the, you know, years, talk to people who have also gone through that since I did, and you know, one of the, one of the themes that people say over and over is like. I mean, I thought I knew that that was real, <laughs> but I now I really know it's real, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I, I had a, I had a um, intellectual understanding that that was the case, right. and it's different when yeah. you when you're actually I mean, staring the beast in the face. Well, and I think that I think that part of what can make it harder can be that at the very least, the thing, like getting the thing, gives you really clear purpose and motivation until it happens. And then, and that can be, that is an actual ongoing sustaining force where you can be like, I'm doing all this stuff because it's going to be worth it when I get the thing. And I have, so today I'm like working towards the thing. And then when you get to the thing and then you realize like, well, now I have the thing, 
I, so, yeah. I, but I, but now it's Tuesday again. Yeah. You know, it's like it. You, I think you do in some ways actually lose something more sustaining that you had once you realize that like now you just have to figure out a different thing to get or whatever. And, and I think that leads to kind of what you were talking about about hopefully if you're lucky gaining that understanding of what matters is like the actual stuff you're doing every day and the process of doing it and that 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 you're happy doing that not. Yeah trying to get to the thing that'll make you happy later yeah. yeah and i mean you know what to its credit it built my career right yeah. like no. so it's hard to be and i think it's always good at some you know especially having a public conversation like this i think it's always good to say like you know it so it was a terrible it was an awful period in my life and it means that i am stable as a person now and it means that i am you know like i mean i have a career and <laughs> right. i'm able to do the things that i want to do For it's sure. i is in no way was it like a, a you know like am i implying that like i'm i am woe is me right. like no, no. fucking yeah, like yeah. no it was it like it overall like of course of course it was it was a wonderful wonderful thing to happen it just also has this other side of it right. right and that's it's just there are just both of those things are true that it was it, great and it sucked well and it's it's one of those things that i think is it's i think it's also distressing because it's unintuitive because you're like wait i did the thing i should be happy all the time yeah. now and you're not and so you're like what the fuck is wrong with me or what why not you yeah. know and i think that's a hard thing too you yeah. know so i think that i think it's all you know legitimate um and i think that it, it kind of happens sure. for everyone and in different small ways, you know, where you're like, I really want the fancy car. But once you get it, it's not like you're like, man, I'm really happy all the time. It's because I have that car. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Um, weird. Brains and emotions I, I and know, stuff. Are, I, know, are tough. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but, it, but it made me better. It yeah. made me better. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, so from the, from the outside... Um, it feels, you know, from not having known that the games were kind of being built in, in parallel, it felt like the beginner's guide um, stemmed from or, you know, yeah. like came directly as a in sequence as almost like a reaction to the Stanley Parable. But you never really thought of it that way or it must have influenced I did. It. No, no, no. So what happened was it did end yeah. up that way, but it was it was. Uh... You know, like I said, I had a I had an idea in mind for what it was, and it was what the narrative beginner's guide was going to be, and it was more like Stanley Parable, where it just fucks with you and blows your goddamn mind off right. of your fucking face. And <laughs> uh, and and then Stanley came out, and I had to step away from a bit and do sort of a lot of you know soul searching. And um, when I sort of came back from that uh, and sat down to make this thing again make beginner's guide and make it the you know the thing that i had committed to doing i realized i just i couldn't tell that story anymore right and i realized that i had this new story that i wanted to tell and it was you know uh i not all of my relationships uh came out intact from that period of my life mm. right uh and I wanted to make a game about a relationship breaking down. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, so I, I, so I understood that like, I have this framework that I've been developing here. Like it's not, it wasn't so far along that it was like, I couldn't, you know, like everything could be changed at that point, theoretically. Right. Um, and I just, I sat down and I went like, okay, what's the new story that I want to tell? So it did happen the way that you're describing, but not literally the way right. you're, you're describing. Right. 
I mean, I th- in in a lot of ways, um, I mean, obviously, the beginner's guide feels more personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's not. It's not because of some failing of the Stanley Parable that, like, like I think part of the Stanley Parable like premise is that it's like a very distancing game. Yeah. You know, it has right, that level right, of right. aloofness to it, like I think as part of its right. pitch. That's part of why I think it was very why it captured people's interests is because it was a kind of a middle finger. <laughs> right. Way, you know, and that's <laughs> sexy. Right. Yeah. I get it. Right, right. And yeah, um being in on that joke is Yeah, yeah it's a right. it's a middle finger where you're on both sides of the finger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's looking at a middle finger in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, is a, it is a hand reaching around from behind and shaping your hand into a middle finger as you stare into a mirror. Right. Yeah. And then the middle finger points back at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you also have a mirror on your chest. <laughs> so it's just reflecting at itself over and over. It's an infinite middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> you can put, is, that, can I put a, that on the box? Yes, that's a good yeah, press quote. If, like you wanna, if you want to add that to the, to, the, to the website, be my guest. I yeah, invite yeah. you. Um, but... Uh, in, in that way, I think the beginner's guide feels interesting because it feels like I mean that's part of why it feels like a reaction to the Stanley Parable. I yeah. feel like is yeah. that it's it's something that says this is going to despite being a meta narrative mm. about a fictional non fictional character and everything else, it also feels unguarded and direct and personal. And your actual literal human voice is the narrator playing yourself. And what was attractive to you about? After Stanley saying, "I'm going to do something that that I I instead try to to get around to to be have a very direct yeah. you know line into the player and, and be earnest or otherwise yeah. you know, non ironic in 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 a meaningful way." Um, I um, I mean, at one point in in developing Stanley, I I sort of realized I don't know how many people have like techniques that they fall back on for their creative, you know, work to help them out day to day. Um, one thing that I, at one point discovered I was doing, and I've actually learned that other people, sometimes other people, there are other people who do this as well, is I would imagine the person or, or the group of people who were doing the kind of work that I wanted to be able to do, but was not good enough Hmm. to be able to do it as well as they were doing it. And then I would try to make a game that that like, person or that collection that hive mind would make right (laughs) so it was like how would charlie kaufman write this and then and then i would write that i would imagine that i would that i were you know him or saw or some other bird you know like i said uh uh uh, chris nolan or you know big influences at the time you know on on that game were were uh uh, brendan chung's work and kentucky route zero and i would sort of like and you know Hey Brendan, hey Jake, you know, whatever. Uh like <laughs> uh I would imagine that I was those people, right? Yeah. And and, and try to imagine someone doing it a, a better job and and it ultimately it was still me. It still was it was my voice, but like I used that as like a mechanism to to get myself to do better. Yeah. So when beginner's guide uh rolled around, um I suddenly like my influences shifted and I began to imagine different people who mm-hmm. I thought were writing it. Um, this is going to be so fucking white guy in his 20s right now. But uh, I started reading Infinite Jest. Mm-hmm. 
And I, re- I began reading Infinite Jest um, sort of early in that phase where I was really unhappy. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, a, that's a good book for a depressed person. It, let me tell you, man, <laughs> it became my whole life. Yeah. Like that, I, I spent six months reading it, and it, it became... You did, you did better than me. I, I read Infinite Jest during the last five months of Gone Home's development, and then the first three months after gone. Yeah. Eight, eight months to read that book. Uh, I was chipping a game at the time. Yeah, but, yeah, whatever, but, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Excuses. But, but it's a big, it's a big guy. It's a, it's, it's a There's whole some thing. Sauce it's there. a whole thing. And, um, <laughs> and at the time, and, I, and I'm, I, you know, I've stepped down from this a little bit, but yeah. like David Foster Wallace was like, my idol like i'm my hero oh my god this this guy gets it this oh and um and i I began reading a lot of graphic novels Mm. and um fun home by alison bechdel which i don't know if you've read Mm -hmm. blew my mind like i was like nothing that i had no graphic novel i'd ever read was like that book and it was so intimate and it was it was funny and and exciting and alive without being pretentious. Right. It wasn't inventing. It wasn't making up weird artifice to support the the cool bits. It was just real. Yeah. It was just about people. Um, you should see the stage production. I've, I've heard it's amazing. I've I, heard it's, they, they they brought it to Portland. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. No, I, my 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 mom saw it and she said it was phenomenal. And okay. um, I I have bought this book for like all my family and everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like and those were those were the two big ones at the time and both of them were like they were about human beings they were just about people yeah. and they were not laced with i mean don't don't get me wrong david foster wallace is a very like clever writer right, right. but like and there were some supernatural elements to infinite Jones. oh yeah sure no so there's cool, lots of there's and but... it's and it's it's you know it's it's gimmicky in ways but like he could remove all of that and he could just write you a story about a human being right, right? Yeah. um and I was so in awe of that because I was looking at Stanley and I was like, I didn't really write. I wrote it about me, right? Like it was about me feeling lost and alone and scared. And and I mean, when William came on, it became about, you know, William shared that too. But like, it wasn't really about people, yeah. you know, it wasn't about like, I think a lot of people resonated with it, but that was never, um, I was, it was kind of masturbation a little bit, you know, it was like. I'm. I have all of these cool, wacky thoughts that I feel about myself, right. and I want everyone else to connect to that. Yeah. And I became in awe of people who could write about others yeah. and depict just the human condition in kind of like raw. And when I was, you know, feeling really not very good about myself, like that was a really that was a, a phenomenal way of of discharging my own. Um, anxiety was to like dive into other people's worlds and go really deep into just like who are people and it got me out of my own head and it got me to start thinking about people that were bigger than me and so like basically I did the same thing that I did with Stanley where David Foster Wallace and Alison Bechdel became my like all right how would like I I imagined a person that was like the two of them basically and I imagined handing them beginner's guide as I had it at the time and going how would you write this? Huh. And the story they wrote was the story that's in there now. <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of projection into other oh, people's sure, mind yeah. spaces, you know, which is like, it's not really, I, I've never thought of, I haven't really heard of, of working that way, but that's really interesting. Well, I said, because I talked to another friend who was like, oh my God, I do that too. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it seems like it's an interesting way, honestly, to have someone to imagine 
someone to give you more perspective. You know, because I think that having having perspective on your own stuff is hard. And if you can kind of create this persona of someone whose work, you know, you you want your work to relate to and say, what would they think of it? Yeah. Even if you never met them, even if you don't know them, even if you never yeah. could meet them, it's still a really interesting kind of like force to have within your yeah. own process. Yeah. Um, it was certainly useful as a younger creator, not mm-hmm. feeling as confident, um, not feeling as much like I really knew what I was doing, yeah. um, it got me by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, and also, when you were saying that, I realized that uh, we've both made games that have a copy of Infinite Jest in them because <laughs> you you ended up having one on a shelf. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So you play. Okay, so for reference here, Steve played version of it that came out about six months or before i think somewhere around there like six months before the game launched three or four uh the 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 guy so i i worked with uh an environment artist named matthew bright on it who who did a lot of uh uh, like most of of the level um art yeah Uh, uh and he was doing the art for that section and uh, he put because again I was just like I wouldn't shut up about Infinite Jest at right. that time to anyone yeah. and uh, so he put a copy of Infinite Jest on the bookshelf and I played the game he didn't tell me that he did that <laughs> I played the game and I saw it and it was like take fucking take Infinite Jest out of there yeah, I do not want this to be like I don't want that to be actually the Orchid Thief is yeah. on is okay. on that bookshelf but like Infinite Jest was just too obvious it was like I didn't I, 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 I thought it just it smacked of this kind of like groan um i could just i i just saw the groan you know so you didn't end up shipping no it did so it's not in there yeah yeah yeah. it is in um it's in andrew's bunk in tacoma Uh, i I saw it i saw it yeah and and the thing i i feel like the thing that makes me happy about that is um a you know we put books that we like in the game but b we are able to relate them to very specific characters and within our little group in Tacoma I was like of course Andrew I was like yeah copy. of course he brought a copy of Infinite Jest for them up to space of course <laughs> right and I think that was part of it is I didn't want to imply that because Infinite Jest is like that it, it again it has that kind of like oh of course you're the kind of guy who would have Infinite Jest and right. I didn't I didn't want to ascribe such an easy connection to Coda's interests right right exactly. like it was thing. is in the beginner's guide it would either point to you or to Coda. It's someone, a real, like, in the fiction, a person did that, and right. it was just too easy. It was it, it it made the connections too simple. Right. Right. Whereas we got to have that level of disconnect where it could be like, yeah. this is here because this Because that's who he is. Right, right, it. right. And, and, you know, you can be like, you corny dude. Right, 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 you know? right, right. Exactly, uh, exactly. It's a very different yeah, uh, right, situation. Yeah, right, right, totally. No, that's funny. Um, so, only I have shipped a car. <laughs> <laughs> um... Infinite Jest is in there, but not in literal form. It's just sort of, you know, <laughs> broadly there. I'm making a, a dramatic shift <laughs> uh, motion towards Davy right now. Um, well, yeah, I mean, how, how long was it after Stanley came out that the Beginner's Guide was released? It was only like a year two and a half, two years. Two yeah. years. Yeah, um, almost to the day. It's oh, two, really? two, about like two weeks off. Okay, yeah. wow. Um, that game... Uh, was all I think also got a lot of attention. It wasn't necessarily like the Stanley Parable, which was just like a mm-hmm, phenomenon yeah. or whatever. But also, that was obviously not the point. It was. In- I actually tried. I worked to make it not that. Actually, you like didn't announce it until like yeah. a week beforehand. Or two something. days. Two days. Yeah. Right. Um, 
Which maybe and I did no press worked in your favor as far as it being newsworthy. Well, or whatever, my but. the the idea was like, is there a way that I can both give myself distance from this and have it work in a little bit in my favor? And yeah. the kind of like you know doing it that way meant that it was something of a news story. Yeah. I, it, probably not as big as it would have been if I had done a whole marketing thing yeah. and build up to yeah, it. But so. it but it meant that I got it meant that I got to like cut the cord and run basically. But it feels like a kind of game that because of the game it is also benefits from that kind of mystique right. of like suddenly here's this thing you have no idea what it is yeah yeah just, you know just yeah. play it which was scary because i knew how many people were going to play it coming off of stanley right. expecting more of stanley <laughs> and get something very different yeah. yeah well for people that um haven't played it or aren't as familiar with it the it's a metafictional game from your perspective about how... When he says yours, he means Davies. I mean, yeah, specifically yeah. Davy Reedon, who is sitting at this table's yeah, yeah, yeah. perspective. Um, and the premise is that Davy uh, knew this other very obscure level designer and mod maker who made this amazing stuff and would just send it to Davy and the world never saw it. And so the Beginner's Guide is effectively, in fiction, Davy taking that creator's work and being like i'm going to package this up and make it accessible to people and give it the exposure it always deserved and also like narrate from davy's perspective what his interpretation of all this work was and what it should mean to the player what meant to him and, and coda um and so you know a that's really interesting. Again, being mm-hmm. being about level design and about the history of mod making and all that that kind of stuff, especially since you came up as a mod maker. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the 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 flip side of it is, if people take that fiction at face value, mm-hmm. then then they think it's a true story. Which, to be clear, it's not. But there was, I think, this really interesting paradigm of you know you. I think were in 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 ways that were good in a lot of ways kind of like you didn't want to just define that for people or react to it in a really open way but it also meant that there was this whole contingent of people that were like coda's real davy reedon stole his work yeah. and like that seemed was that a reaction that you anticipated at all i mean i, I obviously I, I think you'd be stupid to put that game out and not anticipate and and not you know if it's not explicitly clarified in the game then yeah you have to assume that people were going to come huh. to that conclusion okay like, like I, I i didn't assume it would be all or most people yeah, but yeah. like like yeah it's obviously going to be people who think that who take it at face value i guess i would assume that 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 people who thought that would just immediately encounter everybody else who would be like, no, it's a work of fiction. Dude. Yeah, you no, know, but... I mean, I mean, yeah, no, you, you, <laughs> that's, there's, the uh, internet's a big place. That's true. Um, so, I mean, what, com- especially compared to the Stanley Bear yeah. parable coming out, like, what was your experience of the Beginner's Guide coming out? Yeah, uh, I feel like you, you must have I, still I, had a like big question mark about like what is it gonna be like after I release this game after announcing it two days earlier. But I took I, I put a lot of measures in place to make it different than Stanley. Yeah. I I booked a uh, you know a, a flight out of Austin on a vacation for two days after the game came <laughs> out. Uh, you know, to get my I got myself away for like three weeks. Yeah. It, I had that set up. Uh, I um you know, I didn't look at my emails. I, I forbade myself from looking at any press or anything. I didn't mm-hmm. do any interviews. Um, 
and the nature of the game is simple enough that it doesn't need a lot of tech support, right? right like yeah. a little bit. When well, my programmer was was helping out with some of that, but That's good. but um, yeah, he, you know, uh, it was I set it up to be as simple as possible, and it was, I mean, it was by miles and miles and <laughs> miles more healthy and easier for me than launching Stanley Parable. But that was by design. Yeah, that was like taking everything about Stanley that had, that had come back to bite me, you know, and uh, and trying to reverse engineer it yeah basically and also just under having a better understanding that i am not this game and right. so i don't need to uh stand for it right. in all forums i don't need it to represent me as a person i can just let it go out into the world despite being premise wise much more actually yeah <laughs> right right when and you know it's it's there's a funny sort of like you know haha about that yeah. i guess but um but it the, a haughty laugh. Uh, I guess, yeah. One, <laughs> as you as you uh, as you swirl your tea around, mm-hmm. uh, but um, no, the the re, the real practical nuts and bolts of reality is I got the fuck out of there. Yeah, you know. I mean, I honestly think that's one of the most useful things you can do if you because like anybody who works on a project for a long time and then the project's just not there anymore. You default is you're just going to be in your same room yeah. where you used to work on it but there's just nothing to do i mean that was stanley yeah well yeah. except i had beginner's guide but, but it's still but still like, still right and so like if you practical advice if you're ever in a situation where you're working on a project for a long time and then it's out there in the world and you don't have to work on it anymore try and get a change yeah. if you can it helps a lot i always that's always one of my things take a vacation don't let yourself you know go somewhere that you cannot think about be, it be in a place where you normally aren't yeah that that's yeah. definitely yeah a big help to your to your point though about about uh, people's responses, one of the things that I I will say one of the things that uh, so I, I expected there to be like response you know along I expected uh, pretty much all of there were uh, you know a handful of little like controversial like people saying stuff about it and I more or less anticipated something along those lines. The thing that I did not anticipate was that I assumed that anyone who did take the game at face value would have to assume that I am a shitty person, yeah. right? Like, I, in my mind, I'm like, there's no other interpretation. I am not a good guy right. if I did the things that I, that I you know, said I did here. Uh, I got a lot of emails from people who were like, uh, hey, I just wanted to let you know I understand why you did it. And I don't think you're a bad person and everyone goes through that and you're going to be okay and just keep, keep it up, stick with it. You know, like you're, 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 it take, it took a lot of bravery to do what you did, you know? And I was, wow. it was actually pretty heartwarming, you know, that like there were so many, obviously I got the, the inverse of that as well, but like predominantly, yeah. predominantly it was, uh, if, if people did have an interpretation in that along those lines, it was, and maybe I'm sure it's just that a lot of people who think I'm a shitty person just aren't going to email me but like um uh I was very touched by uh by the number of people who were willing to empathize with someone who had done something like overtly shitty to another human being (laughs) that's so such a that's such an odd knot of like of whatever motivations and reactions yeah and yeah Yeah. identifying or empathizing that was that was the one that I didn't anticipate yeah yeah well how do I mean when someone emailed you directly either implying or asking like is this real where's coder now yeah. or something how did you even respond like, i didn't did, i yeah, just didn't you're I just, just didn't. like yeah. yeah you know yeah. yeah i mean i i read those emails sure like i i yeah i i was curious you know how people responded but 
any then my, my philosophy about it is if you need me to say something to you then what you really need is for me not to say anything <laughs> to you and and uh, you know i don't know that's just my my attitude about it uh, yeah. ugh, i don't know I mean, this isn't the first time you've said publicly that the Coda character isn't actually a real person. Yeah, no, it? I've, I've, uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> this is probably. I mean, this is this is by miles the most in depth I've ever gone into it. Okay. Like for sure. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I don't. I I don't know. Having never been in a in a, having never been in a situation where as a creator I'm like. I'm just never going to address yeah. that, you know, yeah. my, my, the, the real, you know, the authorial intent to that or, or whatever. Um, yeah, it's gotta be a strange place to be in to just be sort of like, I don't want to be the end all be all answer yeah. for that. Yeah. Well, um, but well, also it is kind of about something that has a real answer, not mm-hmm. just like an interpretive answer. Well, that, well, I gotta say what was real fun was that when people would, uh, um, email me who are who are mad at me you yeah. know about what i did uh, in the game um you know the world is a complex place <laughs> there's a lot of grays there's a lot of you know there's a lot of middle grounds a lot of room for interpretation both sides to a lot of arguments if you if you if you and a person are mad at each other usually there's no like way to prove definitively that one person is correct sometimes right. there is but like yeah. most of the time it's like it was real nice when people would email me like you're a shitty person and i'd be like I have proof that I'm not. I have actual <laughs> literal proof. Um, so that was that was like sort of satisfying. Well, now okay. So now when you say that, it makes it sound it makes it sound very psychoanalytical. You're like, so my first game, I wanted everybody to tell me that I was great, and my second game, <laughs> I wanted to be able to say I am absolutely not a shitty person. Be able to say, so where do you go from there? Well, no, I mean, obviously that only works if you buy if people have bought into the fiction. That, <laughs> right, right. I, that was another unintended benefit of it. Uh, no, I mean, I, like Beginner's Guide still came from a lot of like I I want people to think I'm a genius for for this. I'm mean, don't get yeah. me wrong, it's not like that went away. Yeah. Like I really, it was it was very much there and I, I did I wanted you know people who 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 believed it or didn't believe it I've had there was like I, I want people to get that I am so <laughs> smart for being coming up with this and it's part of why I, I made myself get away from that was to not feed it and not, yeah not actually receive the feedback right, right not yeah. even the good stuff you know yeah. it, it definitely like it didn't help yeah. um yeah and uh but I, I think I, I knew that going into it like I knew I kind of knew what it was and I knew what I was basically what I was trying to do with it. Um, and that made it, you know, easier to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that they're, I think that they're really great. They, they make a really great pair as a game or as a, you know, as a, as a, as a unit. My, my expectation is that when I sort of look back at my career in however long, I think those two games are going to feel like a, um, you know, a a pair together. Like the, the thing that's almost like, like an EP or something. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Uh, like the A side and B side of a record. Yeah. Well, I kind of, yeah. So uh, now pure pipe dream. There's part of me that wants to do a vinyl with like one soundtrack on one side, (laughs) the other soundtrack on the other side. That'd be awesome. Uh, just uh, that purely commemorative thing for me of, of that kind of like going through that whole art. People would also buy that. Yeah, uh, probably, <laughs> but like uh, people do love vinyl records of games. Yeah, people. Yeah, they, they do. They yeah. do. Um, yeah, but yeah. It, so I mean, it, so it feels like yeah that that those were and and as you were saying, since they kind of were conceived at a similar time, they very mm-hmm. much spoke to uh, 
a cohesive set of ideas or, you know, a focus that, that yeah. you had at that, yeah. at that point. Um, and then examining those things from, from different angles is yeah. really interesting. I mean, did you, I know, you know, despite Coda not being in, uh, you know, a literal individual, like the relationship that you had to that character in the game conceptually mm-hmm. is really interesting because mm-hmm. it's sort of, I think there's a lot of people that, I don't know, I can relate to that idea of like, this person's work is so great, more people should know about it, or, you know, this person's so good at this thing, they should make, you know, a career out of it or yeah, whatever. And then yeah. your desires as an individual not being relevant to what that other person right. wants, you know, right. you feel like you have so much potential. It's like, well, do they want that? Because, yeah. like, otherwise it doesn't matter. But that can be a hard thing to understand, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, was that something that, you know, you drew from in your own life, or was it? Like a, I don't know. I, yeah. What, like, where did the where did the game come from? Once it became not just I'm gonna blow your mind and fuck with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it really like where it came from was um, uh, I lost some people because I was stupid, you know. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to process that. I wanted to understand why I had done some stupid things. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, which is, I mean, not to say that I think there's nuance to all of those situations, sure. but yeah. like, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't help. Yeah. I didn't help. Sure. sure. Uh, I didn't get it back then. And, and I wanted to make a thing that would, and honestly, like, I, I think that in a way I don't, I don't do this so much anymore, but there was a part of me that was doing it in order to like say something specifically to those people right. you know like apologize to them I mean is that something that you thought about like you were like uh, very, very much like oh I'm, I'm thinking there about were, if these people played this they'd understand there were there were there were specific it. lines in that game that were like this is for this person and um, but I I think honestly in retrospect like I think that's a kind of shitty way to apologize to someone. Sure. Right? Like, I, I think more where I'm at now is, like, if you want to do that, just fucking say it to them. Like, yeah. go walk up to them and look them in the eyes and say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and and it, this was what was tough about that time was that I was coming to a lot of these sort of realizations about, like, uh, hey, people have a, like, regular, ordinary individual human beings have a lot of power over one another, and when you don't use that power responsibly, you hurt people, right? Yeah. Like, it's not just big, famous people, <laughs> they do that too, right. but, like, you know, people can fuck with each other in bad ways, and I was starting to, like, understand that, and yeah. I didn't know what to do with that information, and so, like, yeah, one so one kind of answer that I was toying with was, like, well, make a game apologizing to right. them, right? <laughs> Which, um, uh, without that, I think it still would have been, like, a similar thing, because it was still, like, it, it was still, um, uh, I want, I want to get better at this, um, and I don't even know who it's for. Yeah. Like at that point, like honestly, in retrospect, like who did I do that for? I, I don't know. I, I think I did it because that was what I do. You know, yeah. I think I did it because I, uh, I making stuff was the only way that I, the, the only thing that I knew how to do. And right. so I was like, your, your whole life is 
Um, you feel something, so I'm going to make a game about it. And right now what I'm feeling is like sadness at like the loss of relationships or the, yeah. or, or disappointment in myself for not being better. So how am I, what am I, how am I going to handle that? Well, yeah. obviously I'm going to make a game about <laughs> right. it. So what game is that? What, what's yeah. the game? It's like that. And I tell you, man, to this day, like I have, like, I think I've, I've learned to temper that impulse a lot, but to this day I have shit that comes up and I'm like, oh, there's this big thing that's going on for me and uh and i'll think how do i process that and i'll be like oh you know what i should make a game about it and i realize i did and it's called the beginner's guide <laughs> and i but because i but it still continues like that impulse yeah. is not actually thinking about whether or not you've done it like doing it does not release you from those things yeah. that impulse still continues to try to get me to do the same thing over and over which tells me that it doesn't actually want <laughs> a game to be out there in the world it's just looking for some answer right you know like right. any i don't know something make a game yeah. fucking make a game about but, it i mean like it, it what's the thing you know how to do, do make that make a game make a game <laughs> do that then yeah. yeah and and you know what even like even i, I uh, even in during production on all of this I was becoming aware of this and I and I could tell that I was doing it yeah. and I knew that it wasn't healthy yeah. but I was just so far into it it was like I had set I I'd taken out like an an emotional loan right and I had to pay back that loan I was yeah. in debt to myself essentially yeah. and um finishing that game was just about like paying off that debt that's, yeah that's so interesting I when when I played that earlier version of it i remember so i played the earlier version mm -hmm. and i played the pre-release or the or the actual release yeah. version and you know a, a fair number of things changed not in like giant broad strokes mm -hmm. way aside from just like the game getting more finished or whatever but yeah. you did a big script rewrite i feel like there was like the earlier version i played i feel like was in some or my memory of it is that it was kind of more emotionally raw probably probably do, do you feel like over the because you were making something that was so personal in a lot of ways in an unspoken or like not yeah. you know overt way addressed to people in, in your life over the course of the game before you release it out into the public yeah do you feel like you were driven to like temper some of that or it sounds like your, your thought process about how you wanted to kind of present some of that evolved as you were as you were making it yeah i mean um you know i wanted it to find an audience and uh early on <clears throat> um what would happen was um like i would show it to people yeah. when i when we, so we had like the first like initial blockouts of the whole thing i would show it to people and maybe like half the people who played it were like fucking wow yeah okay great i get it and then the other another half would be like Dude, there are some problems here that I'm just not getting over. And um, my like my thought about it process was like, okay, say there's a bubble of like the number of people we're reaching yeah. right now with this game that are really getting it, and a much bigger bubble is all people, and then somewhere between those two bubbles is people who want to like this game, yeah. right? So just how can I expand the innermost bubble, yeah. the wide to cover as much of that second bubble yeah. as possible? Yeah. Um, but and it's so, so funny to me just because. That is one of the themes of the game. Yeah. And, it, and it's so funny that, in fact, what you're describing is the impulse that Davy Reed and the yeah. character describes having. And well, you did it to your own game. I think I think this is, this is you know, why a lot... I mean, fuck, if you want the, like, 
this is just to go back to one of the stupidest, most broad examples of this. It's like David Foster Wallace killed himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people read that book and go like, how did this guy kill himself? He's got such a, a masterful articulation of the nature of depression. It's like, yeah, cause he was fucking depressed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was that guy. I wanted all of those things. I still yeah. do, you know, like, like making a thing, making a game of, or telling a story about the way you're feeling does right. not absolve you of those yeah. feelings. Yeah, yeah. It, the reason why that stuff is so strong in there is because I was bringing that in the, in the making of it. Right. It didn't go away. Yeah. It was just like, well, and this is, I think, again, part of the distance that authors sometimes keep themselves at from the people consuming their stuff. It's that, like, if I can convince people that I am this smart, then maybe I will actually feel that smart, <laughs> right? Yeah. And fuck, I'm guilty of that, right? right? I right. do that all the time. That yeah. was, well, like, a lot of it was, like, I want people to think that I have this mastered because it's, again, it's all I know. It's right. the thing that I do to cope with <laughs> shit. And, um, I like, like I said, I had nothing to do except finish it the way that... I started it that way. Right. And I, I'm a believer that you can like change courses with things oh, yeah. mid mid work on them. For sure. But like I think when a thing incepts with a distinct and strong emotional tone, I don't know that you can ever get fully away from that without scrapping it and starting over completely. Right. right? Yeah. And um, I knew that the emotional tone of it was exactly that. And like I wasn't ever going to fully get away from it. So yeah. I said, well... I can't do that. So let's just go full hog ham in on this thing and try to do it, try to do it the way that, you know, the me who started it wanted it to be, which was to actually reach people. Right. Oh, well, that, and that's additionally funny. Gosh, because I had never thought of it that way. But yeah, no, it's true. It's like, I, I guess, God, yeah, Jesus. So like, well, Steve is just well, like, well, I mean, you, you succeeded, you blew somebody's mind, right. you just blew my mind, but I had to be involved in the development process yeah. to, to get my yeah. mind blown just yeah. now. But like, cause I only thought of it two layers deep, which is sort of like the kind of the, the well, you know, moral of the game is that like what Davey is doing is wrong and not good for the work and not good for the creator. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I got to the layer where I'm like. And yet, in your own development process, you did that to your work, and then I'm like, but you just, as you just said, it is most on theme for the work for you to have done that to the work, because that would have been what the character of you would have done. So you did it, David. Don't, don't, ever, don't ever think it. <laughs> no, don't, don't I mean, ever think I already, it. All right, well, fine. Keep, keep, okay, good. I mean, there's probably more thinking to do here, honestly. I mean, and I, my, I'm, I'm so much less concerned with getting people to think themselves into oblivion than I used to be. <laughs> like, Stanley was that, that was the goal. The goal was, right. I want you to think yourself until you die. And uh, beginners, guys, like, I actually don't want that. Yeah. Like, I want that to be, I want that trap to be there. Right. But I want you to realize that, like, actually, no, what's going on here is there's just a <laughs> real human being who is just kind of a fucked up guy in his own way yeah. and is dealing with it and that's there's nothing there is nothing past that yeah. right and that's i don't know if if people hearing this have like a you know a, a, an illusion about it that they found particularly enjoyable that <laughs> maybe i'm dispelling you know but right now but yeah. it's I, I i don't know for me for me that's what it is that's yeah. that's that's what the game is yeah well, I fell into the trap right in front of you, sitting right across the table. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, I worked really hard to try to make the trap effective, right? Right. Yeah. But, um, but I, I just, it's, this is part of what I said 
early sort of more at the beginning of this which was that like by the time i got through these these two games i just i had no more to say yeah. there was nothing like where do i go from here like right. okay i get it. i'm good at trapping people right, right? <laughs> like <laughs> my good my... good job me i'm uh, you know trap making skill has reached 100 all right <laughs> uh, yeah and that's like where do you go from there and i yeah. just i i uh, yeah. Anyway, so there's gonna be no more traps for a while. Um, it's just not. If it were interesting to me, if the, yeah. if I still thought that there were like new depths to go to that were meaningful, I mean, right. I'm sure I could come up with something. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know, man. I I spent six years of my life on like pretty singular minded about yeah. that one thread. Like those yeah. two games are kind of about the same thing, and yeah. like in a in a way, and and I devoted myself to it, and it's like. I don't know, yeah. man. <laughs> I yeah. got it out of my system, yeah. you no, know. I mean, that's an interesting thing cuz like, you know, I've I've talked about a little bit in in public just a, about how similarly like, you know, Carla and I just spent the last 5 years working on, you know, mm-hmm. environmental storytelling, like telling a story in these spaces through you moving through them and finding stuff. Mm-hmm. And like regardless of how much more material there is there in the abstract. It's also territory that we've just spent half a decade on. Right. With a, with a, with a very singular focus. Right. And so it's, it's, I just kind of realized there's kind of an interesting time for the group of indie developers that I think we all, you know, that we came up around where it's like, we're probably at a point where we've, where we've where we've explored a lot of the thing that we started on at that time yeah and i wonder if yeah we're entering an interesting turn where a bunch of people who are who started there are going to be now sort of like what's another thing you know i don't Um, actually think it's that common for a lot of creative mediums you know like hitchcock made 50 films that were all suspense thrillers right and he was really fucking good at it by the end of them because or i mean throughout as well but like he was good and got better and continued to make you know great things because he was doing so much of them right like um i don't i it's i feel weird about it sometimes when i think about it because i'm like i I feel like, or, or I don't know, I watched Jiro Dreams of Sushi recently, yeah. right? And he's yeah. like, he's like, do pick a thing and spend your whole life doing it. And I yeah. don't necessarily agree with that, but like, that's why he's so good at it. And I feel weird because I just don't think I have that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, once I get good enough at a thing, I'm like, now it's it's easy to me now, right? If I were to make a third game like that, it would be fucking easy. It would, I'm not easy, but like, it would not challenge me. Like, yeah, I mean, you know how to do the thing. I, I know to how to do, to do, do the thing. Yeah. And I get bored. Right. And when people, whenever people ask, like freak, from time to time, people will say like, Oh, Davey, what if you did this thing on a project? And it's the thing that I am like suited for. Like, yeah. Oh, that is a match for my skills. And I, I, I am pretty, I don't know. I just, I could never take it. Yeah. I could never, you know, um, but that's that's why I say I feel weird looking at people who spend their lives, you know, their whole careers refining their ability to do something like right. that. And I'm like, am I never going to really master anything because yeah. of that? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't have a good answer to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder what it means. Like, I wonder, I think there's an open question as to, for instance, in the territory that you work in. Is there a world in which 
there's an incredible amount of depth that if you just kept working in that territory, you would refine it to such a point? Or is there some level of either the space we're working in is shallow enough that we're sort of like, we've kind of done what we can in that yeah. space for this time until further developments occur? And it's, it's impossible. It's, yeah. it's it's pretty hard to say, right? Um, and then also the question of just like, is refining the same thing forever virtuous in and of itself or is it just I mean if you, you like it right Woody Allen's been writing the same film for like <laughs> 30 years you know he seems to like it well and if you look at um, like Ozu's films like he basically I mean he yeah. did he did remake his own films multiple times as yeah. well as many of them effectively being the same film with some differences and like he was like, I make this movie. Right. I keep making it. And if it. you like it, I don't know, man. But I think another aspect of it is that games are fucking hard to make. Yeah. Like, you don't you don't shit out a game. I mean, I, I don't know, whatever. It's There are different, like, people have figured out different practices for, for getting out games of different lengths and right. different times. The kind of thing that I'm interested in, like, that takes a while. Right. Right? And it's like... If I am going to, uh, you know, you could make, you could theoretically make several films in the amount of time it will take me to make the whole thing that I want to do, right? right? Uh, it feels costlier yeah. to me. I feel like there's more on the line. Like, if I decide that I'm not into this, you know, or that it's, it's like, I, I can't be sort of, um, it's hard, it's hard to be like, uh, oh, here's a game idea that I'm like, you know, sort of interested in. I've kind of been kicking this around, you know. All right, so we're gonna get eight people, and we're gonna spend four years, and you know, like I, I, I realize that the solution is smaller production, but right. like, uh, if you want to, like, games are just so technically well, complex. Well, and there are things that you can only do at scale. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like you can get five, you know, big name actors and a. And a crew of superstars and put them in a room and film a thing in three days yeah right and that you it's possible to do that like right. and and you can edit it together and with minimal you know and still have like a uh it's not a summer hollywood blockbuster but right. it's like it's a real thing that has yeah. merit and substance and it's so much harder to do that yeah with games yeah i mean you know like even if you look at something small but high quality like if you look at I don't know, like, I, I played um, Uncharted The Lost Legacy. It's the DLC yeah, for Uncharted right, 4. Right. And you know how you get to make a small, high-fidelity Uncharted experience that you can play in one day? You make Uncharted 1 through 4. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've, and The Last of Us, like, they've been making... I mean, it's yeah. no, they're not the same game, but, like, they've been working with those tools and in that art and on one platform yeah. for... Actually, no, two platforms, I guess, but, like, you know, an evolution, sure. right? Yeah. For a decade? Yeah, yeah. more. Oh, more? Yeah. More? I mean, yeah. as far as when they probably started started working on Uncharted yeah. 1, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, no, I... I I, you're absolutely correct. There's just some things where it's just like, if you want to ever put this experience on screen, yeah. get the 50 people together. Yeah. You know, like right. that's it. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. Um, no, it's totally true. So, um, so you're going to make an Uncharted DLC next? Yeah. Is that what I just yeah, heard? Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Steve, 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 Steve. Last of Us DLC. Come oh, on, wow. Man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's merging, merging universes. <laughs> And it's gonna fuck with you and blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of making human centric drama pieces. I just want to fuck with people now. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I uh, I gather you're you know laying the groundwork for working on some yeah. more stuff, but obviously it seems like 
it's going to be a little while before you're talking it, about it, that. It's going to be a ways off. And the re- I mean, the reason for that is because like I, I didn't have any process for how to do different types of things. And I've spent the whole, the I mean, the whole time since Beginner's Guide came out has just been like finding new process and figuring out new things that are interesting to me that, you know, have are more sort of sustainable in how I do them. And frankly, that are just more interesting to yeah. me now. Like... Uh, I kind of, after Beginner's Guide came out, I was like, I don't want to do these anymore. I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. So there was a whole phase that was just like, what do I want to do? Yeah. And I, for, at least for now, the kind of thing that I want to do is, um, A, very, very different mm-hmm. than Stanley and Beginner's Guide, and B, larger in scope. So yeah. it's going to take a while to ramp that up yeah. and then to actually like make the thing and... Um, it's, yeah, I, I, I want to do something that is like totally different than what I've done before. And I'd yeah. like to, I still have, I mean, like, you know, it hasn't changed. I still want to please people. <laughs> I still want people to re- play it and really like it. Yeah. So like, uh, my goal right now is like, I'm going to take this idea that is totally new for me and that there aren't really a lot of examples of, uh, out, out there in the world and I am going to just try to get people to like it. Uh, that was actually true on, on all the other games, too. It was yeah. like really strange premise. Not doesn't lend itself in obvious ways to your enjoyment in traditional sense. <laughs> I'm going to refine it and refine it and refine it and refine it and refine it until people do like it. And that's the process that has worked for me so far. Yeah. And uh, I know that this new thing is very different, but I know that if I'm thoughtful and if i am willing to you know start over again and again and again and again and again (laughs) then i'll get there someday to where it is you know uh people do like it it just takes a lot of time yeah all right well you heard it here first. <laughs> think, back, think back to this interview when you're playing that, whatever I'm, this is. I'm now, yeah, I'm now, now, I'm now seeing that entire block quote in a in a like a polygon headline <laughs> right now. Just like the biggest single biggest lead in the history of, of video games <laughs> journalism, like whatever that fucking nonsense is that he just said there. <laughs> Well, look for us on polygon.com. I mean, uh, uh, hope, I hope, hope I, you know, it'll be, you know, it'll be hilarious is if like years from now, whatever I do next comes out and turns out it's nothing. It's like, I've decided, nope, I'm good at first person narrator <laughs> shit. And I, I swerve all the way back around, in which that, case. That'll be the ultimate fucking with people. Oh uh, yeah, it will. It will. It will. It will. How do you know I'm not setting you up for that right My now, God. Steve? Thank you hey, very much. hey, hey, future Davey, you either did it or you fucked up. And uh, you know what? Good on you. I'm proud of you. Hey. Future Davey and present Davey. And past Davey, honestly. Yeah? Well, he was, I don't know. I don't know about that guy. He's gone. We don't, he's out. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for, for taking a couple hours to talk to me about all this stuff. It's been really interesting. Yeah, man. It's and been great. Glad I could be here in Austin to, to see you and chat. And uh, yeah, good luck with the crazy new stuff that sounds like it's in front of you. It's, uh, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you.